If you had the willpower to quit something right now, what would you quit? Smoking, drinking, overeating. If you could throw in the towel and not suffer too many adverse effects, what would you say goodbye to? What would you walk away from? What would you get out of? Your job? Maybe a relationship? Tell me, have you ever thought about quitting life? Many of us have. The single mom, worn weary by the challenges of raising kids, working a job and maintaining a house, still upset that her ex ran off with some pretty little thing. I wish I could quit. The widow who sits at home all alone, still grieving the death of her husband. I just want to quit. I never signed up for this. The cancer patient who is recovering from surgery and chemotherapy treatment after treatment that leaves them exhausted. I wish I could quit. The salesman who is on the go, traveling from one client to another, and every night in the hotel, he checks with his ailing parents to see how they are doing and his children to see what he missed out in their lives that day. I wish I could quit. And the businessman whose day includes a breakfast meeting, a lunch appointment, and then a reheated meal at home about nine o'clock. I just wish I could quit. The volunteer who signs up for everything with the best of intentions but just seems to run out of time and energy. And they feel guilty. They just want to quit. If you have found yourself contemplating, I wish I could quit. God has a word for you today. You don't have to quit. Nor do you need just to survive. God has another plan for you, and that plan involves peace and contentment. That's what we're going to focus on today as we bring God's help for the hurried life. Now remember, this is a sermon series based on the four chapters of Paul's letter to the Philippian church. If you missed one, please don't hesitate to catch up. We've got podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud and on our website, and we've got printed copies as well. We have learned that we need to slow down and eliminate hurry from our lives. And we do that by focusing on the real important things, like our God-given goal in life, setting priorities that God has given to us, helping to see things his way and to see others with his eyes. We've learned to be busy doing those things that are right, yet taking the time to rest and have rhythm to our life. And if we don't, we'll just wear out and want to quit. Now, if anyone ever had a reason to quit, it was St. Paul. If you remember, he's writing this letter to the church in Philippi from the cushy comfort of jail. That's right, jail. A cold, dark Roman cell chained to his guards. 
From there he writes, verse 11, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And just in case the listeners were busy multitasking and not paying close attention, he repeats it in verse 12. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Now you would think Paul was some best-selling author writing from his villa overlooking the French Riviera, but he's not. He's in jail. Put yourself in jail. Hmm. Contentment. It's not a schedule issue. It's not a money issue. It's a spiritual issue. Could you join Paul in saying, in every situation, I have learned to be content? Circumstances don't bring contentment. We need to learn this one. One reason people are hurried is that they are discontent. Discontent with life. People seek satisfaction through changed circumstances. We hurry ourselves. If only I could get this done and make this happen, well then I'll be content. That doesn't work. A change in circumstances will not bring contentment. Verse 11, whatever the circumstances. And verse 12, in any and every situation. So, whether he was unjustly imprisoned, a day and a half on a boat in the midst of a ferocious storm, shipwrecked, lied about, hungry, cold, naked, all those recorded in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul had contentment. Discontented people live if only lives. Do you ever catch yourself thinking, if only? I mean, grade school children wish, if only I was a teenager. And teenagers say, if only I was an adult. Singles sometimes find themselves saying, if only I was married. Spouses say, if only we had children. Parents of young, energetic children say, if only the children could grow up. Then when they do, parents say, you know, if only the children would visit. And then when we are retired, we say, if only I was a child and had that energy. Since we aren't satisfied, we rush around believing that if we can change our circumstances, we can find satisfaction. Don't let circumstances control you. Contentment is independent from circumstances. Paul was in prison, not where he wanted to be, but he was content. Possessions don't bring contentment. Paul learned contentment, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Maybe you are quick to say, I'm willing to try out the well-fed and plenty part, and let's see how I do. You know, possessions might bring temporary happiness, 
but it won't bring lasting contentment. The more possessions you have, the more they need to be cared for. Do you need to work that second job in order to have all that stuff? Do you need to buy the bigger house and all the furnishers, furnishings that go with it? Those are often the decisions that lead to hurried lives, running around trying to maintain a certain lifestyle. Think about it. St. Paul said, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Hmm. Contentment is not complacency. Complacency is self-satisfaction. You know, it is the belief that somehow through all your effort you have arrived. Complacency is about pleasing yourself, not about pleasing God. Complacency leads to inactivity. The aim of life is not comfort and convenience. Though when you think about all of the advertising you hear today, you'd swear that comfort and convenience is what is being sold. Instead, God wants us to be content. How? First, you need to realize that contentment is not a goal to strive for. It's a gift. Paul didn't seek contentment. He learned it. He said, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. We want our children to have the best education, right? Is part of that education learning to be content? Where are they going to learn to be content? I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Paul learned that contentment comes from the presence of Christ. Contentment is gift from the God of peace and contentment. He can replace your unhappiness with his peace. Listen to these words from St. Paul. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The God of peace will be with you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. It is not what you own that brings contentment. It is who owns you. It is not your situation that brings contentment. It is your Savior. You don't even have to like the situation you are in. Paul doesn't say, whoopee, I'm in prison. But he does say, rejoice in the Lord always. The Lord is near. Paul experienced God's peace. God reached into Paul's life and he reaches into ours with Jesus Christ. He brings us forgiveness and it's free. He brings his love no matter what is happening in your life. And he will meet all your needs. Even when your life may seem out of control, you can trust God who is in control. 
God is at work even in the midst of the most difficult situations to perfect his work in you. Christ is the key to everything for us. He is the key to our contentment. He's the key to our peace. He's the key to our being able to weather the storms of life without being swept away by the winds and the waves. God's gift of contentment becomes our strength. When you've said, I just can't do this anymore, you're right. You can't. God will give the strength to either do it or the courage to stop doing what you shouldn't be doing. Look at verse 13. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Now, often we take this verse a bit out of context. We make it apply to any and everything. Well, you can't do everything. You're likely not the world's greatest mechanic. Some of us can't dunk a basketball. What it says is that Christ is able to work in any situation, no matter the trouble or difficulty, Christ has the strength you need. We are not alone. He is there with us. The peace of God is real. The experience of God's peace drives away doubts and fears. It frees us from fear's grip. Here's what I want you to do. This is what Paul says. Let's do this. Whatever, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So, two things. You want to learn to be content? You don't want to quit anymore? Two things. First is to learn. What did Paul want his people to learn? He wanted them to learn and receive God's peace in Jesus Christ. He wanted them to face their hardships confident of God's presence and power. When you are overwhelmed with life, the tendency is to think about yourself. The tendency is to think about poor me. I've got to do this. How will I get this all done? Instead, God wants you to think about him. Think about this God who guards your hearts and your mind. Think about the God who answers prayer. Think about this God who meets all your needs. That's learning. The second step, put it into practice. God keeps his promises. When you learn his promises, then practice living in them. Don't be satisfied with just knowing the information. Put it into practice, that which you have learned. I mean, we've spent four weeks on the hurried life. What are you putting into practice of the things you've learned? Are you slowing down? Are you focusing on what really matters? Your telos, your purpose, God-given purpose in life. 
Are you learning to look at the real needs of others? Looking at others like Jesus looked at them. Are you resting and getting rejuvenated by his grace? I'm serious. What are you putting into practice? What changes are you making in your life? Whatever it is, the God of peace who has made you his in Jesus Christ, he is with you. And don't ever forget that. Amen.